Welcome to the Motoring Podcast, an Aston Martin Driving Day Special Edition. Hello, I'm Alan. Hello, I'm Andrew. Yes, the Motoring Podcast. Aston Martins. Suits you, sir. Well, it, it seemed to suit you, because it didn't suit me, so uh, it was you that went on the driving day. And I felt it suited me marvellously. <laughs> yes, Aston Martin got in touch with us and asked whether we would like to come along to a driving day to try out the new DB11 Volante and the Vantage. And after much arm twisting, obviously... And the things that we do for our listeners, we uh, we said yes, or more I did. <laughs> well, actually, I declined because I said, well, I can't make it. I'm not sure Andrew will be able to make it. And then I immediately said to you, I've just turned this down. And you went, no, I'm free that day. Yes, a, a, a freak occurrence of the calendar. It really was, yes. Yes, so so you were able to go. Uh, and, yeah, you were able to trot off to the Cotswolds. I was. Uh, there was six of us there to get quite a – it was quite an intimate day of – the ability that we had to speak to everybody there is what I meant mm-hmm. before you giggle like a child. <laughs> Sorry, I'm already giggling like a child. <sighs> Unbelievable. No, but the fact that, uh, you know, I was talking to Philip Eaglesfield, who is the the president of Aston Martin Lagonda, UK and South Africa. Which is not necessarily a grouping you would expect. No, the only thing I could think of was time zone. Yeah, yeah. I didn't get the chance to ask why. <laughs> so maybe they were originally just big fans of cricket when these things were divided up and they thought right where would be good <laughs> i i have heard territories of big companies divided up on more tenuous things than that yeah or, or rugby <laughs> british lions <Yeah>. tours <laughs> anyway sorry we way off topic here way off well done we've, we've we've managed to tick one thing on our list and 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 before going off topic Got to spend time and talk to some really important people about what was making Aston Martin tick at the moment, the direction they're going in, the these two particular cars. We got a lot of time because there was only a few mm. of us there. We got a lot of time to actually, you know, pick brains and ask questions and all that sort of stuff. Last year, if I remember rightly, Aston Martin was profitable for the first time in its history. Is that not correct? If I'm wrong, I know someone will correct me. Uh, it was either profitable for the first time or it was like first time for two years, something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was. So I noticed in your in your notes that there's something called a second century plan. Yes. Mentioned a few times. So tell, tell me about that then. To open the day, we got a bit of a potted history of Aston Martin and particularly from the point since Dr. Palmer has taken uh, taken charge of the company and sort of given it this new direction. The second century plan is the new movement forward, the new products they're going to come out with, the new cars, following them just trying to consolidate and have a solid base on which to to be able to make these steps forward into new technology for them in open new plants, go into new areas. Because the first thing mm-hmm. they needed to do was to be a viable business. Because I didn't realise, but they've gone belly up something like seven times in their existence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That's admirable almost. But it goes to show the delicate nature of this almost bespoke manufacturing, which is what they yeah, have I- been for a long time. So the first thing that uh, Dr. Palmer and the team he's built around him had to do was right, right, we've got to be solid, we've got to be we've got to have 
cash in the bank. We've got to be, we've got to be viable. We've got to be profitable. We've got to be able to move forward. Um, floating on the stock market was part of this as well. Uh, you know that that was, I think was sort of like a looking from the outside, and this was never said on the day. But looking from the outside, I think that was more of a barometer. Did it, did everyone else believe that Aston Martin Nagonda was a viable company? And I think yes, with the way the reaction stock market had with it. Yeah, and and it's a well, it, it's a very attractive and prestigious brand in there as well. I mean, despite- yes. What you're saying is, is if something, if it's just very nice words to say, aren't they, Aston Martin? Well, yeah, there's and there's heritage with the, there's heritage with the image, mm-hmm. and not just James Bond either. There is there is heritage to it. So, <laughs> what do you mean, not just James Bond? <laughs> you mean like motorsport and motorsport and yeah, yeah, For, Formula One. Maybe definitely GTs. Yes, yes, definitely GTs. In the second century plan, what they're doing is they they're they're pushing forward, and they want to bring new models to uh, to market much quicker, and they want to have differentiation between these models because that has been a small issue, maybe hasn't it? Yes, we've got, well, we've got kind of the same car, and what's this one? Well, this is the same car, but slightly different wheels and maybe some carbon bits. Yes, we've. we've... Changed some letters. We've moved. We've yes. moved these letters around in the name, and that's given us a new car. This is the same car, but we've rearranged the letters on the badge. Yes. <laughs> there, there was a there was a bit of that going on for a while. There was yes, but now they they are in a position where they can develop these these different cars, partly through uh, the partnership they've got with AMG now. Well, yeah, because this is something that I wasn't sure if we were going to talk about it here. Uh, or if we we're going to talk about it when you were actually talking about the cars, but I mean, are they just a British uh, Mercedes in a in a in a Savile Row suit? Mm, no, <laughs> that's the only right answer. No, there are there are bits you notice, mm-hmm. but some of the really important bits you would not say was a Mercedes or an AMG, no. unless someone no. went, "That's an AMG." It's an AMG part. So, Aston Martin have got hold of certain bits and they have sprinkled the Aston Martin fairy dust on them as well. Mm-hmm. They've not just done, take it off the shelf, chuck it in, we'll stick an Aston Martin badge on. That is not what has happened. No, well, you can change all sorts of characteristics like power delivery and sound and you yeah, have work on the induction and the exhaust and all that kind of thing. Yeah, they, so they've that, they've added parts to it and developed things and all sorts of stuff. So, Whilst the core steel or the core electronics might be the same, what's actually loaded into it might well be is 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 somewhat different. Yep, and and that's very important. Important to Aston Martin that they aren't just a... No one thinks of them as a rebadged AMG either because that would undermine the work they're trying to do and the the step forwards they're trying to trying to have with the you know expand the brand into um SUVs and things like that because that you know an electri- electrification yes well that's and that's um as we record this uh that that's something which has has cropped up today as well because i think t- today's the day that uh that that they actually start building isn't it something like there that there was also a teaser model that's uh, the one revealed there was a picture and there's going to be something at geneva which mm-hmm. you will have to tell us all about when you get within i will do 70 or 80 feet of it 
perhaps. <laughs> I, I shall do my best. I have a nice long lens on my camera, so I might just about be able to see it. Portable step If ladder. failing that, I can always use the body of the camera for bludgeoning people to death <laughs> to actually get, get close. But the but moving back to the uh, second century plan, that what they want is each model of the range, as, we, as I've talked about there before, is to be different from the other so it, it isn't just going to be swapping letters around on a name badge they are going to be markedly different not just in looks but also in characteristics and in uh, who they're aiming them at and what their purpose is for okay while still still having aston martin-ness about them that's very important and they they were very keen to stress this that they didn't put it quite like this, but the Aston Martin-ness of an Aston Martin is very, very important. That is something they spend an awful lot of time making mm. sure each of their cars has. Yes. They have many checklists. And the chap, Rory Coles, who was there to talk us through the cars in technical detail, his job is to make sure that they retain Aston Martin-ness. <laughs> so no pressure on his shoulders. I love that they have tried at least tried to break Aston Martinus down into quantitative uh, quantitative things. You know, is there a certain amount of leathery smell? Check. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Does it make this sort of noise? Check. And they don't... Oh, yes. oh, I'll get to that in a minute anyway. They may well do, actually. I mean, that's just, whilst I'm extracting the urine... No, no, they, they that, well the do. noise is important to them as well. It was, but uh, we'll get on to that when we get to the... Uh, onto the engines and stuff. But mm -hmm. uh, special editions are very important to them as well, moving in, in as part of this second century plan. They've, yeah. they've recently revealed the Zagato collaboration. That's that's a big thing for them. They, they really like that partnership they have with Zagato historically, and they want to keep it going moving forward. Mm -hmm. And they have also got their heritage side, which... We, of course, will know if you've watched the Grand Tour <laughs> and you saw the Clarkson and Hammond charging around Poe in... Oh, yes, the special edition. Uh, exact. C continuations. Continuations, sorry, that's the... Yeah. I, th I believe that that is the correct term, although I know that others are less, possibly less, less, less generous. But, yeah, the continuation, so you essentially using up chassis numbers that have the yeah. Vanquish with its single clutch flappy paddle gearbox is is quite a yeah. th that's a troublesome thing uh, on occasion uh, and they will replace that with a manual further to that their um, service team can can go back through history and deal with all the cars because they're they're trained to that level so yeah. you know they they are offering like we saw like we've seen recently with Porsche Jaguar Land Rover doing it with their heritage side of things. Aston have been doing this for really quite a long time. Yeah, we, I think we're going to see this more and more with the with companies that have a a full blooded heritage of offering this service. Some people will remember that recently I posted a snap of uh, Vantage Volante. Mm. No, the Vantage yes. uh, shooting brake anyway, uh, of which was which was a a works Aston Martin works job uh it was actually done by them they did two or three i believe uh so so they've been at it for really quite a long time yeah i, I think others are following where they have dared to tread as it were uh but just just finishing out the second century plan 
they're going to split. They're going to be splitting their production, which I think a lot of people who listen to the show will will know and I've heard. Um, it's going to be between Gaiden, which is going to be for the sports cars, and Saint Athen, which will be for the DBX and the electrified vehicles. They they are confident and they say that they will have EVs coming in limited numbers from fourth quarter this year, and the DBX model is most likely in twenty twenty. Now they were asked about Philip was asked. So how did you, how did you come to Saint Athen then? And said, well, they looked globally for a place, and they had obviously had many criteria, but in the end, it, for many reasons that they wouldn't go into too much detail, <laughs> it obviously involves cash. <laughs> then Saint Athen was the preferred site, and they are going to create seven hundred and fifty jobs there. And what they're currently doing now is getting everybody into the culture of Aston Martin, who is who is coming on board mm-hmm. uh, in the St. Athen place. And they will have elements from all the businesses' disciplines represented at St. Athen as well. Oh, okay. So, so it's... it's not like it's just going to be, you've just got building, we've got, you know, engineering and development up here. It's not they're not trying to be that. It sounds like it's all trying to be us. Yes, that does sound like it, and that's quite a good way of achieving that as well. So Yeah. Fab. Excellent. So you you were saying that there were two cars that you drove? Yes. I mean there were no pictures or anything came out of this. It was two pictures. Oh were there? The... Oh okay. I, I, I didn't see them. Um let me still be <laughs> We'll, we'll, we'll get there, listeners. We will get there. It's a slow and, yes. and a gentle task, but we, we will get into date pictures eventually. <laughs> well, I didn't realise that the day was going, and what I should have done as I walked up to the hotel was taken a gazillion snaps there and then, and then I would have been well prepared. But It's what happens. Yes, I've... My bad. I learned from mistakes. Sorry, cetera, been there, cetera, done it, hopefully. got the t-shirt. I just forgot to warn you. Yeah. So uh, to take us around the two cars that were in the car park outside, mm-hmm. uh, Rory Coles, who is the given his proper title, rather than the chap who's looking after the Aston Martiness, <laughs> the chap who makes it Aston Martin. Yeah, is <laughs> the senior vehicle engineering manager, and he took us uh, around each of the cars and talked in detail and answered uh, the technical questions that came out um, and, and knew the answer to all of it. And it was it was fascinating stuff to listen to this level of car, if you see what I mean, particularly if we look at the price, which we won't look at for a little while. But if you the, the attention to detail that goes in, that you would hope would go in, but that really does go in to these things. So uh, we started with the DB11 Volante. Oh, right. That's good, because you like convertibles. I, I, You know I'm a massive fan of convertibles. But, to be but, fair, but, come on. this does look pretty stunning. <laughs> it, it is based on a gorgeous coupe. And the soft top version is pretty nice as well. I mean, I know Aston Martin have been sat on the edge of their seats trying, waiting just for me to oh, yeah. make comments on the look of their car because, you know, it carries all the weight of the world. But no, it does look really nice. And the, the DB11 uh, is Aston's GT Cruiser. Okay. Now, they start at, to cruise in a GT manner, at £159,900. I bet you precisely nobody ever... Buys one for one hundred and fifty nine thousand nine hundred pounds. No, I would think it would be almost impossible to do that 
I think you would you would invariably get something else. Yeah. You would have to you would tick something else. These come with three thousand nine hundred and eighty two of the CCs, so four litre twin turbo V eight AMG, giving five hundred and thirteen pound foot or six hundred and seventy five newton meters of the torques. Mm-hmm. And it that translates to five hundred and ten of the metric horses. I wonder, is that the most powerful vehicle we've had in the podcast so far? Could well How be. How much was the XJ silly thing that you drove at? Oh, it was about the same, wasn't it? Yes, yes, it was. Mm. Yes, the XJR. Yes, I think might might be close. Th- that, to that or the Lexus GSF. Yes. Anyway, moving on. So going carrying on through the the figures that we like to go through, it has an official combined MPG of twenty eight point three, which. Obviously, is the prime focus of anyone buying one of That's these. That's not too bad. No, no, it's very good. <laughs> it's incredibly good. I was not expecting anywhere near that. Um, two two hundred and thirty grams per kilometer, though, on the emissions, uh, which puts it in. Uh, I'm not sure the VED bandel is correct anymore, but it puts it in a VED f- band. Yes. First years, ah, oh, this might not be right either. When when I drove in it, it was seventeen hundred and sixty pounds for the first year, with four hundred and fifty for the jealousy tax. Yeah, which is going to kick in from years two to six. To six. Anyway, move on from that. Nobody really, mate. Nobody really cares about that. Let t- tell us what it's like. Okay, it's got a rear mounted, mid mounted eight speed auto box. Which they were uh, at pains to stress is a shift by wire control, and this gives uh, through the way they've they've thrown it into the car, not thrown it into the car, carefully placed and carefully calculated, gives fifty three percent rear bias on the weight distribution, okay. which I know is important to some people. These sat on standard twenty inch alloys, which didn't look silly actually. You know, you you see, you think of that sort of size is going to have no rubber or anything like that, but there was a, there was a little bit there. It wasn't wasn't bad at all because. This was the GT Cruiser, and I need to to stress that over and over again because that was one of the primary characteristics of this car. Yes. Obviously, the inside is quite nice. Slathered, I think, is the technical term you've, in leather. You've got on Troy Queef, and the note says sumptuously slathered in leather, which I would hope any good sub-editor would come along and beat you around the head for that. Just appalling. But it was. <laughs> That's not the point. <laughs> <laughs> so this this convertibleness that of which I'm not renowned to being keen about, well actually this was quite a clever fabric roof and quite a cosseting fabric roof because it's got eight layers and it's it's a K folded fabric roof. <laughs> Before you ask me I've already asked what the K what the K folding uh, mechanism is, I don't know. It went up. And it went down again. Did it do so swiftly and quietly? Seamlessly and without any fuss or pain. And when you had the roof up and you were travelling along, really difficult to hear stuff. Was it just like having a hard top? Virtually, yes. Really, really close. Really, really close. But the owners of Aston Martins would demand that, wouldn't they? Nowadays, yes. They would, even as a convertible, they would expect... 
that sort of... Put, put it like this. I would be a bit knocked if I spent at least £159,900 and every time there was a shower of rain, it peed in around the top of the screen. Yes. You know, when you can go out and buy a, an MX-5 or a 3 Series or something, where well, that doesn't happen. Yeah. But these, these eight layers, uh, there's an awful lot of sound deadening in those mm-hmm. eight layers as well, which you would you would hope and expect. This when it folds down, obviously it does take a bit out of the boot. But you're not buying this car for a huge boot. You are buying it to carry a couple of bags, aren't you? Really, uh, possibly to, for getting away. Tell me this: is the boot big enough to hold a golf bag? I didn't ask if it could hold a golf bat. I bet you it can hold golf bats with the roof up, probably because it's convertible and they've chopped the roof off. Obviously, that could mean there will be compromises in the quality of driving enjoyment so they've had to make some structural changes so it still felt like the coupe but but noisier uh, with the roof down yes yes because i tried to take some recordings of the glorious sounding engine whilst we were driving along and unfortunately i because i didn't have a mount where i could stick it near the exhaust i got too much wind noise ah yeah i know that one been there done that but when you're sat in the car, you don't feel buffeted or anything like that no. with the roof down. So, I mean, I'm jumping ahead here, but you you really don't. It's it is a it, it is an incredibly nice place to be. Mm-hmm. Interior controls, uh, as we were talking about earlier, there is a there is a lot of Mercedes derived controls in there. The the sat nav was recognisable. I th- the sensors for front and rear, I think they're from a Mercedes. You just wouldn't engineer your own if you're Aston Martin size. Not, not to be able to keep stuff vaguely affordable. Yeah, it it makes absolutely perfect sense because they want to. They're not. It's not a huge company where they can have teams of people just worrying about that. They want them worrying about or more of the priorities for Aston Martin. So that's going to be design, the 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 like, what it's like to drive. Look, and- look, you know that Mercedes will have spent as much on the exactly how the knob feels as you turn it as Aston Martin will have been able to spend on almost the entire interior design. It'd be crazy to not. You know, you, you wouldn't turn that oh, down. Yeah. Outsource it. If you haven't got the time to yeah. do it, outsource it, don't you? It's a just basic business. When we're talking about the engines from AMG and how you wouldn't know, part of the things they did is they put the turbos in the middle of the V. Right. For packaging, I guess, and and sound and all sorts of stuff like that. Better throttle response, but that does come with the downside of mm. heat, which they say they've overcome, but they didn't go into... I didn't ask Rory details on how they got around that. Lots but of they, shielding. He, yeah. yeah, I would imagine there's, there's a fair amount of that. And they've altered the engine noise, so you're not... You won't think you won't hear that's an amg well by doing stuff like shifting turbos around that changes the flow so in the first place yeah. so it as soon as you get to that kind of level of 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 change then you are starting to starting to alter the sound anyway so it's, it's never going to sound the same yeah but they're, they're, again it's it, uh, made pains to stress this this the sound change is not electrical mm-hmm. it's not coming through your speaker or anything like that this is all mechanical changes which have change the tone yeah. and the, the eventual noise that we all get to enjoy. <laughs> well, tell us what it's like. You've only given us the numbers. It's... What? How, well, how, what's, 
what what does it feel like as you drive through a village or a town or a it's quite a big car yes it's not what i was expecting you to say but but, but yeah keep going there is a fantastic amount of bonnet yeah. that that is not a bad view of this bonnet going on away from you from the from the windscreen and it it really feels like a gt mm-hmm. it felt relaxed but not wallowy no. And at no point did I think, ooh, it could do with a bit more power. <laughs> and the power just felt like it was coming effortlessly. Like there was a constant stream there where whenever I wanted it and put my foot down, it would just be there and it would help move me along in quite a quite a rapid but unfussed manner. Bearing in mind that this was the Cotswolds in towards the very end of November, then it, you weren't really, it was not the time and place. It was a gorgeous day, but it's not the time and place to be nailing it or anything like that. No, 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 no. Of course. No, no. I was not trying to explore any limits of the power grip steering chassis or anything like that. But this was driving it how I would drive on a, B, dual carriageway mm-hmm. roads, that sort of thing, you know, the, on the route that they had mapped out for us, which was quite a nice route. It took us through a wide variety of roads. And, and you know, obviously it's Britain, so some of those roads had shocking surfaces. Oh, what you actually mean is most of those roads had shocking surfaces. <laughs> well, it's Cotswold, so money goes, yeah. so they fix them, I think. <laughs> so did, did lots of people turn and look? Yes. It, in a nice way, or oh, we actually at one point got a hearty, no, we got a hearty wave from an old chap as we went through one village. He stopped, turned, and waved with a big, huge smile on his face. So I wasn't driving at the time, but the 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 chap I was driving with, Gareth Butterfield, who the poor man had to put up with me all day, he gave quite a hearty blip of the throttle you, as we went past, to. which which the man I, enjoyed. And but people looked around, and they but they looked around in a. As you, you were asking mm. there, it wasn't a, oh, who are these? This is a bunch of poses. It was like, oh, look at that. Oh, great. We've seen one of those type. You know, it was smiling and happy and people let you out and things like that. Which I don't think you would have, you know, in other cars, people wouldn't I, have I, spe- I think spec makes a difference as well. And this one was pearl blonde. I guess that means kind of whitish. Yeah, sort of a, a whitey yes. cream. Yeah, so it yep. wouldn't have been too, maybe a little bit California, but not not too, not not too bad. So, so you, for example, so you have got over to an extent some of your, some of your 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 anti convertible vibe, by virtue of a ready massive twin turbo V eight. The whole package, yes. Just have interest. I can't remember if you said or not. Oh yeah, you did. Eight speed auto box. There we go. That's what I missed. Yes. That's yeah. what I missed. Uh, so, it, I mean, it was it's really easy to drive. It's, you know, it it can shift when you want it to shift, obviously, with the, that amount of power mm-hmm. just waiting for you to tap into. Nothing that you dealt with in the controls felt that you had to sort of judge it and learn its foibles. You know, you press the brakes and they just... they Braked. Uh, yeah, in the manner that you would expect. So it wasn't like nothing, nothing. Oh my god, we've got everything. It was nothing like that. It was all very relaxed, and it was a really nice, 
I jumped in, okay, we jump in this car, right, off you go, drive that, and you sort of go, okay, because we're in nearly 200,000, the ones we were in were nearly 200,000 pounds worth of Aston Martin, so you're going, okay, <laughs> and you're a little bit nervous because no one thinks it's big or clever to ding no. a press car. So you you take your time, but everything was just really easy on the controls. Like the, the throttle was a progressive you know, the brakes were progressive. Nothing was snatchy, jerky, or anything like that. It was it, it just was really comfortable to be there. Not just the seats, but the whole experience. You, you weren't no point was I sitting going, Oh, this is a bit beyond mm-hmm. me in any way. Excellent. Fantastic. Just quickly, I'm just scrolling through this. Do you know what a celestial perforation is? Because it's in the options on the car that you drove. No. No, me neither. Never mind. I'm sure someone knows what a celestial perforation is. <laughs> it just sounds painful, that's all. £191,085 uh, was the one that you that you drove. Yeah. And then lovely sounding spec. Uh, so that sort of whitey blonde, the exterior black pack, 20-inch directional shadow chrome wheels, black brake calipers, dark grey leather. Phantom grey is normally dark. Yeah. Yes. Um, and yeah, and open port ash trims as well. That sounds really nice. Lovely. It it was it was lovely in there. I mean, the seats were really it, comfortable, as you would hope. It it just felt it, it's such a cliche, but it just <laughs> felt you could schlep to the other side of Europe in it, and you get out and feel relaxed. You know, it was, was it a South of France car? That's the one that I always use, and I know oh, it's terrible. I'm so absolutely. sorry. Absolutely, particularly particularly with the roof down. Yes. Um, you know, once you got there, the roof is down, and you are cruising along really nicely, enjoying everything. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you dr- and you could get there quite happily in license losing speed. <laughs> yes, and and I've seen people do that many times. Yes. Plus, they go, "Oh, look." There they are in the accompaniment of a gendarme. How nice. He must have stopped them to admire their vehicle uh, and relieve them of 500 euros or something. But yeah, yeah, wonderful. So you, you tried two cars. So the first said DB7 Volante, and then you moved on to the... DB11. DB11, pardon me. I'm so sorry. Uh, DB11 Volante. Uh, and then you moved on to the Vantage. Yes, a very different car. Now they told us this in the in the morning's briefing before we started. And you know you hear these things and you sort of go, Yeah, yeah, yeah. All mm-hmm. right. I think, yeah, okay, we'll we'll be the judge of that, shall we? Because manufacturers say that they want these things really different, but are they? And I've gotta say, Aston Martin have nailed that they are that the GT was a GT car, the DB eleven was a GT car, and this the Vantage is a small. Well, it's car. much smaller, isn't it? Yeah. Well, forget forgetting just the size, but the 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 whole experience of it and the the driving and everything, they've done a cracking job of making a clear marked difference between the models, which is something they you know they did stress to us they wanted to do that that is a key aim. Um, so this is this is Vantage. The Vantage is their sports car, and that's especially impressive given it i mean i'm looking at the spec for the the engine here and it it seems to be on paper essentially the same engine 
yes, on paper, it is virtually the same. They have made different tweaks to it when they have put it in the Vantage to get a more sports car-y response and mm-hmm. DNA to it. They they have tweaked it with that in mind as opposed yeah. to the DB11s, which was the GT in mind. So, I mean, the the, the MPG is slightly down, even though it's a smaller car, and the we're looking at it's the same eight-speed auto box, same uh, rear mid-mounted. They, they do share a platform, don't they? Essentially, yeah. Again, you know, we're talking economies of scale, aren't we? Certain certain elements are going to be shared throughout because that is only sensible thing to do. Yes. Plus, we've got to remember Dr. Palmer's background is in huge multinational OEMs where that is their bread and butter of we will we will minimize costs in these areas. And he's brought that thinking and that attitude to Aston Martin to help them, which I think has probably sped up their... Yes, absolutely. The, the fact that they're in a more solid position mm-hmm. financially as a company. So they can they can then worry about other things rather than designing a car from the complete ground up every time, which is why things took longer. I mean, one of the things they want to do is they want to bring new models out quicker. You know, it no. doesn't it shouldn't be taking decades to get the car out. It should be taking you know normal car life cycles to come out. And they are then that kind of thing is accelerating now. You can kind of tell. Yeah, this was a hard top, so obviously. It's more in my wheelhouse, as we know. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That means it's, it's a hard top, hard top Aston Martin. That means it perfectly, Andrew. <laughs> uh, so it's got a slightly larger boot. It's three hundred and sixty liters. Does it have curry hooks? <laughs> Flipping it. No, I did check. And in this, you can place two golf bat bags in it. Oh right, okay. So you do actually. If you it. so wish, we got to these after lunch. We were in the DB11 before lunch, and after lunch we were in the Vantage. Mm-hmm. And my gosh, just sat there in the car park. They have they they give good wheel. Really? Oh, they would do it be look, nice to see a picture of that? Uh, I think I may actually have a picture of that. And then the other picture I have is of me looking at the rear flank of the db11 in the rear in the wing mirror oh right so see, there's, there's the two pictures i have well, there's, the there's there's well one of those will be the cover image for this yes <laughs> i was too busy enjoying the cars yeah, i know oh hey mate um whilst i am rampantly extracting the urine i also know how it happens now we've got to remember with the vantage this is the one with the grill that was lowered down at the front it's the more catfish like Yes, and at the time when I saw it, and now I'm adamant I've been up close to it, that would be a perfect grill for an electrified vehicle right. because you could you could swap that out and put a flat panel in there mm-hmm. or a, a, a clean panel in there of a different colour or a different material, and it would still look gorgeous. Yeah rather than what we've seen with some cars where it just looks like it they haven't punched that bit out of the metal on the mold this because of the way they framed it i think it would work really you know that that look works really well i think it's good looking i i like that i know it really is quite divisive what they've done with the front of the 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 vantage but i i'm a fan yes yeah and the back is gorgeous back end is really special aston martin Crayon wielders uh, are doing a superb job at the minute. Mm-hmm. They they really are. 
similar to the DB11 interior controls. It's Mercedes again because it is, and that's fine. You know what you're getting. Mm-hmm. You know how it all works. It works, which is important. So let's just move on. The engine noise was different. I would imagine it was a bit more. Was it a bit roarier? Yes, it was more. There was there was more. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the best. you put your foot down. Oh. That's a bit louder. There's a bit more volume. There's a bit more grrr to it. Oh, I quite like that. Yes. So, uh, again, with the differentiation between the cars, it's not just in the handling characteristics. It's not just in the engine's response, but it's in how things sound. It's the whole... They really are pushing, and I know I keep harping on about this, because I was surprised at how well they've done with this. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm harping on about it. Were you, they, were you they, expecting it to be a bit more man in shed? That, that's the impression I get. That was maybe you were expecting to have to make allowances uh, for things, and you haven't. No I, no, I wasn't thinking it was going to be more man in shed, but I just didn't think they'd get the differentiation as much as they oh, okay. so you mean wanted be- or felt they had. You mean between the two models as opposed to in general? Yeah, yeah okay. the, 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 you know, because when you, when you drive the Vantage, it's definitely a sports car. There's no, it's, you don't think, oh, this is a Mini GT or anything. That's not to say it's uncomfortable in any way, but you don't sit there going, oh, well, it's a bit, it's not that exciting or anything. You don't get that. Whereas with the GT, you get in going, with the DB11, you're going, well, this is going to be a GT, so this is going to be a bit more of a relaxing thing. This is going to be a bit gentler in sort of overall feel. And it was. It was It was more pliant with the road. It more flowed with the road, whereas the, the Vantage was more, I'm going to beat the road. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I get what you mean. I get what you mean. So, so the ride was a little bit firmer. You know, it's not so the steering a little bit realistically, more, a little bit sharper, yeah, that kind of more, stuff. Yeah, it, the people who are going to be able to afford these cars are not going to be the sort of people that will, whilst they want something sportier, are not going to put up with something that's spine shattering. No, either. <laughs> but 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 for that much money, you can go out and you can have, you know, you you you've got your pick of 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 the cream of the Porsche nine eleven range. Yeah. You don't want a nine eleven, but if you really wanted to make sure you had, you know, if you wanted, if you wanted an absolute, or I'm gonna no, because I'm not gonna go this way because I'm just gonna make an a a, a, a muck of it and insult Aston Martin in some way, shape, or form, which I don't mean to. So I'm gonna stop okay. now. <laughs> so driving it, yeah. Whilst this is definitely the sports car, again, it was easy. You know the way the what it, it, all the controls were very similar to the GT, as in it was everything was progressive. You didn't feel that the car was taking over or or had to be tamed mm-hmm. whilst you were on the road. Track may be a different thing when you switch off assistances yeah. and all that, but on a road in normal driving, doing normal drivery things, and not being a driving god. Yes, definitely not being a driving god. Then you got the enjoyment of the sound. You got the enjoyment of the instant power, and the you know you shot off the line yeah. and things like that. You got all that, but at no point did you you think oh, I'm hanging on here a little bit. Oh dear! As long as you were not stupid and or anything like that. But if you just drove normally, 
you know, on a on a public road. Mm-hmm. If, then if, it's it it was really nice to drive, but you you always had that the blip of the throttle to give you a big cheesy grin. Yeah, and it, it's made harder in these cases because they're not roads that you know. No, from that point of view, yeah. so it's it's you know you're always you're always being super, you know you're always being super careful as opposed to just careful and sensible. Yeah, on these things. Yeah. Well, fantastic. So, did you like it? It's all right. It's all right. You know? <laughs> no, I, I think, frankly, you have to be a little bit dead inside if you didn't enjoy driving Advantage. It's obviously not an, an everyday experience for me. And it's one I'm really glad I've had because of the whole experience of it. It wasn't just the, actually, this steers really well and the engine's stonking or the, you know, the brakes are really good or the, the chassis does great things over our rubbish roads in Britain. It wasn't just, it was just the whole thing. It was the getting, walking up to it, the getting in it. And, you know, it's the whole experience with that being too gushy. That was pretty gushy. To, to uh, we're going to elope. It was, it, was mo- it was most unlikely for a minute there. Yeah, I know. Yes, very positive. He's talking about the experience. We don't normally hear that. That was the experience so, yeah. of the curry hooks. Oh, all right. Uh, well, you did, know, did it? Gotta... Did it have a panorama? Did they have a panoramic roof? What was the visibility like from the back seats, Andrew? Come on, this is what our listeners want to know. Well, back seats. <laughs> You could squeeze two in the boot if they were small. <laughs> Maybe the body of one. <laughs> so, uh, so we, so we marked a C minus on the mafia score. <laughs> no, but that's what their new model is going to cater for. Of course, yes, absolutely. It's going well, to cater for the people who want the Aston Martinness, but actually want to take more than one other person with them. Of course, that's the plan of the DBX and um, probably a, a new Lagonda as well after the, the concept yes. car at Geneva last year. I would imagine. Pink Panther might be a fantastic. Is that not going to be heading up their electrification as well? Uh, that's definitely what it was at the time. Yeah. So let's let's see on that. But um, yeah. yeah. So, I, I mean, I have to congratulate Aston Martin and, and the for the fact that they are executing on what they said, for the fact that they appear to have uh, sorted their business out to a point where they can make these strides into new areas for them. Just before I forget, I realised we didn't mention what the price of the Vantage was. 120900 The one you drove was a mere £159,640. Yeah. I didn't know the prices of the cars I drove until a couple of days later when I had a look. It's best that way, I find. Yeah, I thought yeah, so. I yeah. thought, because I may have just pulled over and just been sh- sobbing, going, don't every- everybody go away. <laughs> Get that dust off it. It is, it is, yes. <laughs> it is It is better that way. Is that pretty much rounded up? Yes, f- just before we do completely round up, I want to say thank you to uh, Gareth Butterfield, for putting up with me all day and not screaming when I was driving. It's very kind of him. It's very hard not uh, to. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> also, thank you to Philip Eaglesfield, to Rory Coles, to uh, Georgina Cook, and to Julian Boudon from Aston Martin for inviting the podcast down there, and me specifically. 
and letting me find out more about Aston Martin and these two cars because that was I I'm delighted that we could actually make it. Obviously, I'm personally delighted I could be the one who could make it. I'm less delighted by that particular part, okay? <laughs> but let's be completely clear, there's a lot of jealousy on this one. <laughs> I think people realise that they've seen your tweets recently about work getting in the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's just the way it is, sadly. So, yes, yeah, so that was that was great. And I, seeing how they've executed on the stuff they said they were going to execute, I'm really intrigued to see how it moves forward in the next few years with the plans they have because they are quite ambitious. They are. Be good to good to learn more about that, I think. Yeah. On which happy note, he says, sounding slightly like Jeremy Clarkson, but not intentionally. Uh, don't forget that between now and the next time, you can give us any feedback and share your thoughts with the show at Motoring Podcast on Twitter and Instagram, on Facebook and on the contact page of motoringpodcast.com, the hub of all our activities. Please don't forget to leave a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or whichever podcast app you use. It really does matter. Andrew, if people want to ask more and more detailed questions, not just about the style of the perforations, what is the best way to get in touch with you? Best way to get in touch with me is via Twitter. If you search for Crack Windscreen, you will find me there. And Alan, if people want to commiserate with you about the fact you weren't the one who could go off and drive some Aston Martins for a day, mm -hmm. what's the best way for them to do that? Twitter again for me, uh, where I'm at AJP Bradley, B-R-A-D-L-E-Y. I say we'll be back before long, but until then, I've been Alan Bradley. I've been Andrew Clues. And safe motoring.